0: Now, the 1950s was many things, and you've read about a lot of those things that it was, and you've learned a lot about those things, but it's also the beginning of the modern civil rights movement. It was also the beginning of the modern, modern civil rights movement, and a lot of people claim that the beginning it comes with the decision in Brown v. Board of Education. Uh, Brown v. The Brown decision comes out in 1954, basically saying, you know, is separate but equal, um, a viable way to separate the races in terms of education. You know, that had been the standard of the U S since Plessy V Ferguson. However, you know, you will read the decision and basically it's like, Hey, you know, segregation is not the best thing. Uh, times have changed, you know, by keeping people separate, this is not helping out anybody. Uh, basically, they say that you know being separate makes it inherently unequal, and because of that, well, we need to get rid of that sort of thing. And under the Fourteenth Amendment, we should allow school integration to occur. That's all fine and good, fine and dandy, but also notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say anything about when they're going to do it. It just says that they do need to do it. And there was a lot of resistance across the country uh, to actually getting it done. A lot of places make private academies. There's massive resistance. All sorts of things get done. However, eventually, people do want to make it happen. A lot of African-American groups are like, nope, we need to make this happen. And that's where you have the situation in Little Rock, at Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, where the Little Rock Nine are barred from entering into the high school. I really want you to focus on the second document here, which is Eisenhower's speech, basically telling America, and specifically the Arcanians, uh, the the people who live in Little Rock, hey guys, y'all are making us look bad. It's interesting, I want you to realize, the Cold War and the Civil Rights Movement really influenced each other. Um, it's it's really hard to overstate how much the specter of the Cold War was kind of lingering over the Civil Rights Movement. In fact, Eisenhower says it straight up. He's like, "Look, uh, our enemies are gloating over this incident and using it everywhere to misrepresent our whole nation." He's like, "Guys, you do realize whenever you discriminate against people, you're making us look bad in front of the Russians." So the thing I want you to think about as you read over these, I'm sure you've learned about the Cold War before. I'm sure you've learned about the Civil Rights Movement before, but I want you to think about how they overlap. They overlap. How do they influence each other? What are the things going on in a post-war America that makes it more viable for something like uh, desegregation to occur? Likewise, why is what other countries think about us so important? You know, if other countries think less of us because of this, why does Eisenhower think that's such a big deal? And why should that be used to justify uh, behavior and also uh, enforcing integration? He does allude to some other things as well, and I want you to look upon that as well. I want you to look upon that as well. Um, I am focusing primarily on The Cold War, of course, but I want you to look at some other things. What are some other things that Eisenhower is really pushing? You know, what are the other things that influence um, outside of himself, outside of the Cold War, outside of just like, oh, it's the right thing to do? What are the other things that are influencing the direction of the civil rights movement, at least in this early time?